0: You're listening to Sweet and Sir Radio Hour from WMBG Radio. Hey, 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 hey! It's, oh, it's <laughs> and I am back with Sweet Mama and Sir. We are <laughs> so happy that you joined us for Radio Hour this weekend. Um, And this weekend, for our guests who are here listening with us live and those who will be tuning in at a later date, we will be discussing Little Dickie and Little Dinky. So it should be a a fun Sunday. I'm sure there's plenty to talk about, (laughs) Um, but we're going to go ahead and start if Sweet Mama and sir are okay with it. We will do as we did in previous weeks where we will have one talk for 10 minutes while the other leaves the room or the other could stay if they'd like. Uh, Then the second person talk and then the two talk together for 20 minutes. And then we'll end with a 10 minute Q&A from the peanut gallery. So (laughs) does that work all right for Sweet Mama and sir?
1: That's very agreeable. From here in our beautiful Billy Burr, WMBG, Tiny in, right? <laughs> the, slow, the slow talking team—that's us. Perfect. Well, we are so excited. All right, so we're going. We're doing the um, the um, trip down memory lane, and this is uh, Little Dicky and Little Dinky. And um so little dickie why don't you take it away first and um they can prompt you some questions or you can just voluntarily start talking about the little boy in Indiana or whatever suits you. Okay. Whatever. It's your microphone. Well, thanks.
2: Okay. this is perfect.
0: There I you can, go.
2: Can everybody see me?
0: Yes. You're looking very handsome in your pink shirt tonight.
2: Oh, Sarah. thank you. Well, so um, I, I was thinking that uh, I would just start from day one and, and bring us up to uh, the, the current time. Well, no, uh, I'll bring us up to when I was uh, three months old. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll go from there.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
2: But as you all know, I was born in Detroit, Michigan. Um, where my parents lived in St. Clair Shores. And um, the um, 1940, so it was right uh, at the beginning of uh, World War II. And so I, I grew up in, in Detroit and um, I was. Uh, I was a cute little baby. I was a cute one. I had nice fat cheeks and curly hair, little curly hair, and uh, everybody loved me, and I, I loved everybody. It was my job. And then um, I grew, and I. Uh, there in St. Clair Shores until I was about uh, um, seven years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, when I was four years old, I had a sister, one, one sister, Carly. And uh, so she was born in Detroit also. And then we didn't have any more children. And um, so then when we were, uh, uh, when I was living in Detroit, we moved uh, when I was seven up to my grandfather's uh, house. My dad get, had a job uh, traveling to Connecticut. So my mother thought, well, she'd like to live with her father. And, um, and mother, uh, although her mother was sick and she had tuberculosis, And um, by the time I was uh, about eight, I guess, she died of tuberculosis. I never really knew that grandmother uh, at all. And uh, my grandfather, Grandpa Mike, was uh, one of my favorites. And uh, he stayed around a little bit longer. So anyway, we lived there with my uh, grandfather for a short time, uh, about two years, year and a half, two years. Then my dad, decided who was, uh, he would travel, be away for two weeks in Connecticut. He'd come home and stay the weekend. And then he'd go back to work and all. Uh, and uh, so I, <clears throat> I, I didn't get uh, through that period of time very well. I created some problems uh, at the school that I was in, the Catholic school. And uh, strangely, they threw me out. And uh, my mother had gone to school there and taught there herself. So I was not continuing along in the good, uh, good groove, so to speak.
0: Sarah, do you want to tell us what one funny thing you did to get you in <laughs> trouble?
2: <laughs> well, it's funny how I remember things like that because that's not the kind of thing you should remember. <laughs> Again, uh, I'll tell you uh, two things. Um, the, uh, I, I was trying to think. Of, So what I did one day was uh, one of my buddies and I uh, took some pennies over to the railroad tracks, which ran right through town. And uh, put pennies on the railroad track, knowing that when the train ran over them, they flattened. And I wanted to see one of them flattened out like that. However, it wasn't time for the train to run. You know those little carts. Have you ever seen uh, two guys working on one of those little carts on the railroad? Oh no. <laughs> and uh, they like Aaron's doing. They put their they put their hands on them and they just drive them yeah. like that. So they, of course, don't go as fast as the train. They go a little slower, although they do move along pretty good. Well, so, <laughs> unfortunately, right after I put my pennies on the railroad track, it went around the corner to hide and watch them flatten it. The little guys came along in their cart and strangely, they hit those pennies. They shot right off the tracks. <laughs> they went right off the tracks. And
1: uh, I guess none of them
2: killed. I didn't stay uh, to check on them. But um, anyway, that was one of the funny things. I I don't, it's not why I got thrown out of school. Uh, I got thrown out of school because I was looking out the window and uh, Nobody else around was looking out the window and I couldn't see well enough. So I just got up and stood, just looked out the window. And all of the other little Catholic children were looking at Sister Margaret Mary. And uh, I guess that was her name, but I wasn't. And I wouldn't sit down. So she threw me out. <laughs> And uh, that was the beginning when I guess what my parents might've realized I was troubled. (laughs) And uh, anyway, I I ended up going to the public school. And in second grade, I learned how to read. Wow. And uh, my teacher's name was Mrs. Poole. She was the nicest lady. She taught me how to read. Mm-hmm. And uh, one other thing happened. Down at the end of our street, two blocks away, was a little tiny ice cream shop. And I used to go in there and get ice cream now and then. But then I went in there one time, and uh, there was a black man in there. And it, so I went over, and, and uh, he said, Come on, come on, sit by me. I said, okay. So I did. And it turned out he was a youth pastor in the Baptist church. It was just on another corner. And so he bought me some ice cream. And he told me a story um, that I liked. Mm -hmm. So then he invited me to a parish picnic. It wasn't a parish, it was, you know, just a Baptist church. I don't think they call themselves parish prisoners. And uh, so I went to this this picnic, and there were a lot of people. He got up, and he told me, told us the story of the loaves and fishes, miracle of the loaves and fishes. And I've remembered that story uh, all my life. And so um, it was a very happy experience, I like it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so we then, uh, my dad and mom apparently put their heads up and said, uh, we're not gonna stay. They had me and little Carla, and uh, they said, we're, we're gonna move. My dad got another job. Uh, he was in big demand at that time, he was a scientist Uh, and and particularly interested in plastics. Plastics were just now being invented. And so he got a job at the US Rubber Company and uh, they made tires, but they also made shoes. They had a little division making plastics and he started uh, there. And we moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, we lived in a, uh, a, a, a brick schoolhouse that had been converted into a home. And it, it literally had walls one foot thick. I mean, it was a sturdy mm-hmm. building. And um, just, I just in the newspaper the other day, I was reading about a guy... A architect from Fort Wayne, Indiana and he had built famous school buildings. And I'm almost certain he built our house oh. and uh, it, when people were buying these houses, it had been built, you know, a hundred years before they were used, but uh, he, people were still buying them and modeling and I couldn't help but think that he might've built our house because it was substantial and all. Uh, so anyway, it was in the farm country on uh, gravel roads, and there were uh, there were crops all the way around our house, and uh, they were owned by uh, four different farmers. All lived, you know, within, couple of miles of us and so um, I moved there when I was uh, starting the third grade and I lived there until I was I was what eight years old Then I lived there until I was 15.
0: Wow so a
2: and, lot of years in Indiana. Yeah a lot of years and uh, there, those were some absolutely some of the best years of my life because I, I had my dog Skippy then and uh, I had my little sister, she got big enough so she could play and do something intelligent. Took her a long time though, I think she was 16 or 17. She broke through, I'm not just kidding, of course. <laughs> Dr. Osgood is no fool. Uh, so anyway, uh, and I had my little sheep Shawnee. I, I think all of you know about Shawnee the sheep, right? hmm Yeah. Uh, Shawnee's and, uh, family. So uh, Shawnee was uh, was a great hobby of mine. She, uh, he, uh, my dad and I built a fence in the backyard. He had about two acres of land, I guess, there. And we were in the middle of crops all the way around us. So there was no neighbors at all. We could do whatever we wanted to. And uh, neighbors all lived on bigger farms. Right? But we could, we had a big garden, and my dad made me work in a garden. And uh, I would never agree to this, but I hated it. And uh, <laughs> later, Learned to garden a little bit in my backyard in Memphis. We grew tomatoes and stuff like that. Cucumbers and squash and all. That's why all of you are such great planters. Aaron and Lindsey, and Duffy. I don't know about Duffy. I don't know if he's much of a planter. Does a lot of things. But Richard is not much of a farmer either. And, what about
0: uh, Aunt Katie? Is Aunt Katie? Uh, uh, Katie, uh, uh,
2: I don't think Katie's ever walked on dirt. She's uh, she's a water person. She likes to be around the water, and uh, that, that's good. I I don't blame her for that. Uh, that's where she found her husband. He was drowning or something, and she saved his life and. That was that was good. I was glad she saved me. <laughs> I haven't always liked him, but I liked him after she saved me. I guess when he was drowning, it wasn't very. fun.
0: Mm-hmm. But, so, um, so, Sarah, we probably have one more minute before Sweet Mama comes back. Are there any last things that you want to say about Indiana? And I know it's a short amount of time, so we can, we'll come back when you two are together. And we'll
2: go <laughs> okay, well... I, uh, I actually loved Indiana. I loved my school. My parents were very happy there. I raised my animals there. I was, I was absolutely delighted. And when I was 15, I, uh, my dad told me we were moving to Mississippi. And I said, I'm not going. So you can go ahead and go and I'll stop in and see you when I graduate from medical school. And uh, at at that time I was 15. So uh, I moved to Mississippi against my will, but uh, it turned out okay. I got the prize and uh, stayed right there for a while. So I hope it's not a very exciting youth.
0: Uh, It's pretty exciting if you ask me. I think uh, we have tons of questions to follow up for you, but I do have one quick one before Sweet Mama comes back. How would you describe Little Dickie? We heard that he was a bit of a rebel, but I I think that there's probably a bit more to him. So (laughs) how would you describe his overall character, his demeanor?
2: Well, when we moved to Indiana... Uh, and I had to get on a school bus every morning, uh, out in the country, and all. And uh, I was in a great school, and it, I, I loved it, you know, right off the bat. So I I turned into a very happy child, mm-hmm. and uh, I I played sports, and my dad coached the football team. Uh, so I was pretty well adjusted. Uh, in, in Indiana and uh, I had a lot of fun, a lot of friends and um, it was a very good time of my life. So little Nicky, um was a good boy uh, during those years.
0: Did he have any interesting hobbies? Anything that he liked to do?
2: Oh, sure. I was a boy scout. Oh. Yes. Yes, I I had a couple of things on my shoulders. Uh, I don't know what they were, little rabbits or eagles or something. And this, you know, I uh, I was in, uh, I I played baseball, I played uh, basketball, I played football, all of those in grade school. Wow. And then uh, my first year of high school, I was kind of skinny then, but I, I played football. And then um, I also played uh, a little basketball. Hmm. And then at the end of my first year in high school, I liked high school. But uh, we moved. Yeah. We moved to Mississippi. So then things changed for little Vicky at that point. That's a good point to stop.
0: Okay. And, uh, that,
2: that, that there's enough, there was enough activity, misbehaving at that time that I could fill up three hours and
0: <laughs> finish. I'm sure uh, the family will probably have some qu- questions when we get to the QA section about little Dickie. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for joining me for this first yes. part. We love yes. hearing your
1: stories. It was
0: fun. <laughs> and we'll look forward to And every- everyone's giving you a round of applause.
1: Uh, you can watch the clock that- like you're back You can just check them out
0: little girl well hi little dinky well hi everybody hi you <laughs> we're so happy to have you here in the studio today
1: very much so this is um the early years huh
0: the early years the yep. early
1: years so um oh i got a rover behind me. <laughs> the um Let's start at the very beginning, Um, August 1940, in Sledge, Mississippi. That's where it started. And um, my dad at the time was managing the Rosebud Plantation. Believe it or not, that was his job. But um, 1940, in August, uh, the world was going to war, and... um, my dad didn't didn't have to go, uh, heard multiple stories of, and some of them have been pretty exaggerated of why he didn't have to go. But um, one of the reasons I was told is that he was the sole support for his widowed mother and a family of now six. That was one reason. Another was that he was colorblind, which he was, mm. and, um, and that he had flat feet. So maybe a combination of all of those things or some or each, but um, my dad did not have to go into the service. <clears throat> so um, he took a job shortly after I was born. I don't know why I'm nervous.
0: Um, it's okay, sweet mama. I get nervous, too, whenever I have everybody watching. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. Very, yes. uh, that's that shyness you'll hear about, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he took a job uh, with Warman Mineral Company. I remember the name of the company. And he sold uh, minerals and um feed supplements to livestock farmers. And he could live anywhere he wanted uh, because his territory was all of his Delta. So my mom um, had a 10th grade education, uh, my dad eighth grade. And for my mom, um, education was always her whole life. Uh, words, she loved words, um, very, very bright. And her dream was that her children would go to college. And she she said there's a little college called Delta State Teachers College in Cleveland. So if you live there, there's a possibility that uh, my kids can someday realize her dream. So we ended up, uh, when I was two, we moved to Cleveland, Mississippi, and that became my home that I grew up in. Um, Those growing years, um, you know, Sir can remember what he got for his birthday when he was two, I have, my memories don't work like that. I just kind of stay in today and keep rolling. Um, So I, when this topic was approached, I I thought, you know, what, what are some of my earliest memories? And um, I have to say they were all very happy. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was a happy kid, but you have to know that, um, You know, my oldest brother was 13 years older than I was. My next sister in line was four years older. So I was always surrounded by teenagers and college kids and something was always going on in my house. So I didn't have to do much except smile and, you know, make nice. So um, by the time I went to school, um, Kate, my sister just older than I am, wanted to go when she was five. So she wanted to go to school. When I was six, we didn't go to kindergarten because kindergarten is private and we couldn't afford to do that. So um, when I started school in the first grade at six, I still can't tell you that I actually had a real memory about that because I didn't want to go. I, mm. I wanted to stay home. I wanted my life to be the same way. I wanted my siblings all around me. Um, so I think the first two years of school, I cried a lot. Mm. Um, and was very shy. Uh, I I didn't, we lived in town and most of the kids from um, um, in the public school lived in the country and they took the bus to school. And I was one of the town kids and the town kids went to the private school at college. So um, I never could afford to do that. So my friends were really my siblings Um, and I had a lot of privilege because of that, because when you're the youngest of six, first of all, your mom was kind of worn down. So if if they wanted, the kids, my siblings wanted anything, they would always say, well, we'll just take Dinky. And then they could get to do whatever they wanted to, and I got to go wherever they were. So I got to all the football games and the parades and anything that was happening at the high school. I got to do all of that. And um And as I grew, I just think about um, the role models that my siblings were. Um, Dee used to say she raised six only children. I have kind of snatched that because I feel like I did too. I raised five only children that couldn't be more different. And I think that speaks to who Dee was as a mom, that each one of my siblings had incredibly different gifts. And so, you know, I always wanted to be pretty like Aunt Phil, you know, I always wanted to be smart like Aunt Peggy, you know, I wanted to be funny like Uncle Fat, you know, the list goes on. And so anytime I wanted to snatch a piece of personality, I just did it from my siblings. So um, I think it made me a very happy person. Um, my dad would come home after being on the road several days and he would have a Hershey bar in his pocket. That was just absolutely the best. Um, He would give me a dime on Saturday to shine his shoes and that would be the money that I would have to go to the movies at that time. Um, So school was not not a real fun place for me. But then when I was in fifth grade, it's funny because sir, and I were just talking about this yesterday, he had his cataract surgery this week. And I was saying, I remember when the first time I realized that I could actually see And I think a lot of that discomfort in school had to do with the fact that I couldn't see. So when I was in fifth grade, I got my glasses and life got better for me. I also met somebody named Noel Bunches and life has always been better for me because of him. So um, I started making some more friends. Uh, By the time we were in junior high, then they learned some schools. So life was good. had friends that lived down the street. You know, Noel was down the street and around the corner. Tommy Carpenter was a couple of houses down. So I had I had new friends um, by the time I was in sixth and seventh grade. So that was good. So I had another story that I was remembering that, but actually two of them, because um, a lot is said, you know, with children, and how you are disciplined and how you're handled. And um, like I say, my, my job was please. So most of the time I did. But I remember one time, my bicycle and I went over to Bobby Ann Roberts' house and I was told always, now you better be home before it starts to get dark. And Bobby Ann and I just got busy doing something and it got darker and I came home and it was dark. And I walked through the house, and my family was sitting at the kitchen table. And as you go into the kitchen, there was the cabinets ended, and there was kind of a space, and there was a chair that sat in that space. And um, so I walked into the kitchen, and I'm, hey! And nobody at the table looked up, nobody. Like I didn't exist. And my mother was standing at the sink, and she just points. And I sat down in that chair. And nobody would talk to me or look at me or have anything to do with me. I have never been so miserable in my whole life. And they all got up. They finished their supper and they walked right on past. And when the kitchen was all gone, my mother looked at me and she says, don't you ever." That's why I like to be on time. I don't don't like to be late to things because nobody will speak to me. and That's horrible. Nobody will talk to me. It's just terrible. So that little method of of discipline, you know, that you didn't have to yell at me or do anything. You just just don't pay attention to me. That's painful. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was another story about the time I learned to fly. And that was uh, another thing my mother just absolutely despised her whole life. And I said she was a woman of words? She um, she worked the New York Times uh, crossword puzzle ink, Sunday Times. I mean, this woman knows words. And she always she hated profanity, just hated it. And she she said, if you have to use profanity, it's the mark of a small mind. You ought to be able to communicate without using bad words. So that was one of her mantras. So I was about six or seven years old, and we had a little small concrete hearth and bundle space here. We called it the fireplace, but it was just a heater with a little apron on it. And I had a candle and I was sitting there playing with this candle and I would light it. And my sister Kate was doing her homework. So <clears throat> I would light the candle and we'd was, to turn off the light. And Kate would go over and turn the light back on. So this happened. Okay, turns back on. So this happened about three times, and little Dinky says, "Kate, you do that one more time, I'm gonna knock the hell out of you." <laughs> and that's when I learned to fly. Something came up behind me, and I just went flying through the air, and I ended up right in front of the sink in the bathroom. And if you've ever tasted palm olive soap, mm. some of my some of my children have known the taste, of palm olive soap. And boy, you get your mouth washed out with soap one time and it makes you examine how you communicate, express yourself. So um, that, those were my two uh, strongest disciplinary ventures that I ever experienced in my whole life. Um, and, but they they worked, they worked mm-hmm. real good. <laughs> so, um, so I actually then, when I was in junior high, um, I had life and school and friends, and I had really good friends. I got involved in the Y Teens, which was in my church. Um, I went to a state convention for the Y Teens and was kind of the Miss Hospitality for the state for the Y Teens. And um, just really, really good times, particularly when, when teenage years, junior high years are so bad for some people. For me, they were really, really good. And then uh, came high school so and that was that was that was a good thing too until the Yankee came to town of course a little <laughs> bit about that
0: yeah so how am I doing how'd I
1: do time wise you did brilliantly <laughs> and
0: those are some excellent stories and some fun ones actually that I don't think there a few of us didn't know so oh. thank you so much for sharing those with us and um, I'll just add to one of my favorite, I think this came from your mom and it passed down through you. And now my mom has the same rule, but when the lights are off in the kitchen, the kitchen is closed. When we've done the dishes and the lights <laughs> are out, it's time to go to bed and no more food. <laughs> That's so, it. Was that a deism? Was that
1: from your pretty mom? Pretty much, pretty much. I, you know, those um, in those times growing up, um, our big meal was at noon. Uh we would go, uh, my dad would pick everybody up at school or at you know, time Pat would have a car, for instance, or somehow or another we would get home and our big meal would be at noon. And uh, so in in the evening, um it was leftovers or it would be um cornbread and buttermilk. Doesn't that sound delicious? We mm-hmm. would take cornbread and crumble it up in buttermilk and that would be it. Um but mostly you know, just leftovers, easy soup out of a can, anything easy, um, but it was always together. We always had the meals together, even, even though everybody's schedule seemed to be crazy. Um, and then you know, in my developmental years, again, because Delta State was there and my siblings were going to the college, there was a steady stream of kids. The, the, the house was only six blocks from the college So all of the kids that lived on campus would come to our house and we had a a card table set up and there would be a perpetual bridge game going or hearts game going. So if somebody had class, they would get up and leave and somebody else would come in and sit down and take the hand and keep playing. So it was. um, Yeah, eating, uh, you know, in meal time uh, was simple, except Sunday dinner. Sunday dinner was always special. It was usually at around two in the afternoon. And that would be when you would get, you know, the cake and the fried chicken and the fresh vegetables and all of that. And those leftovers would go kind of through the week for supper. But, um, but you, didn't, you didn't go into the refrigerator and take what you want. You didn't have a pantry full of food. Everything was uh, either canned or fresh. Um, my mother went to the grocery store on Saturday nights um, and, and so there was not not much in the pantry that you, you couldn't just go grab a cookie and there were no chips or soda, or any of that. So, uh, snacking just didn't happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Thank you, sweet mama for sharing all that. Um, one, one question that we asked Sura that, uh, I would love to ask you as well. So you did a good job of, Kind of painting the picture for us of being the littlest of six um, and taking parts of your personality from each of your siblings that I admire or that you admire which I think is such a beautiful characterization of you um, but I'd love to have you describe just in a couple of words or just a general sentiment of what what was uh, little dinky like when she was little what how would you describe her character her demeanor just you as a little one
1: hmm. I, I think um, I think I was quiet I, I think I smiled a lot I think um, I was always small um, and I was happy I, I, I think one of the things I liked most was, was watching my siblings. Like me. Um, They tease me unmercifully. So I learned how to to handle that. You know, like uh, AC's birthday when he was 20, let's say. And he says, You know, Dinky, something's going on around here. What's happening? And my response was, which I got teased for for 40 years, was, If you're talking about the surprise birthday party we're having for you, I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) So that's, that's the way they handle little baby sister. And then they just laugh like crazy. And you'd be like, oh, boy, here we go. Yeah. Fat did things like tie me upside down to a tree, me and Tommy Carpenter, because we were playing, you know, Cowboys and Indians. And this was how an Indian became very brave as if you stood on your head tied to a tree and ate grass. So was Tommy and I, yeah, Fat, we want, we want to be the brave Indians. So, yeah. And of course, you can imagine the life you just thought it was the funniest thing you'd ever seen. Of course, I threw up for about two days, but that's mm. that was what we did to have fun. So, yeah. So I, I think um, I think I was a sweet little thing that mm. um, mostly people really enjoy. I would uh, when I went to the grocery store with my mom on Saturday night. Uh, Mr. Saliba was the uh, was the butcher, and when I was six, seven, eight years old, he loved to hear me sing. So I remember singing "Winter Wonderland" you know Christmas time for Mr. Saliba. So, but everybody else would be out of the store by the time we got there to do our show. So it wasn't exactly a performance, but I did love to sing.
0: Oh, and I still love listen. I think all of us love listening to you sing now. <laughs> Later too. Oh, this is just so fun. Sweet Mama, thank you so much for throwing down memory lane here for a minute.
1: Sir. Oh, bring
0: my <laughs> little dick
1: back on in. <laughs> well, thanks for the questions and, and for the provocation. You know, I haven't thought about those things in a very, very long time. So uh, the radio hour has provoked a lot of of fine memories. And I, I appreciate the opportunity to go back in that little storehouse and uh, pull some of those drawers out and take a look at them. It's a good feeling.
0: I remember that was actually one of my favorite analogies you used. Maybe you could uh, share that one with everyone of when you moved from New Jersey, sweet mama, and you put the memories in a box. Do you remember? Yeah,
1: Yeah. I, I still feel that way. Um, I, I felt that 27 years that we were in New Jersey was just a God-given gift. And my feeling when I left was I just took all those 27 years and put them in a great big box and put the most beautiful glistening bow I could possibly imagine on that box and said, thank you, God, for the most wonderful gift I could never have dreamed of. It was mine.
0: I love that visual. And I feel like what the, some of these childhood memories coming back might be in little boxes on the shelf in your memory as well, which is I so like fun. That. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that we have you both here, um, I'll just a little reminder as you take turns talking to lean into the microphone so that we can hear you. Um, but is the I microphone
1: have, working up better. Yes, it sounds
0: it sounds amazing. It sounds great. So thank you, thank you for setting that up, and thank you to our uh, IT staff, Claire Beth Smith. A little shout out for her work, (laughs) both (laughs) preparing for the podcast. uh, She was she gave me a lot of these
1: just just for a second here. My IT staff was so on it. You know that we were got the microphone. We're going to plug it in, and I go to the back of the computer, and I need what she calls a splitter. Don't worry, sweet mama, the splitter's going to be there tomorrow. So this Amazon Prime envelope shows up at my door, and I open it up. I'm thinking, ah, it's the splitter. There's nothing in it. Nothing is in the envelope. When have you ever gotten anything from Amazon and didn't get anything? (laughs) So it required the star to go to the target to get the splitter. So, But IT came through right there but we
0: cleared it out in the end. (laughs) That's great. Well, yeah, it sounds awesome this week and you guys are coming through loud and clear, which is perfect. So before I open it up to the peanut gallery for their questions, I did have a question and maybe what we can do is kind of hot potato style. Whoever has an answer can go ahead and answer the question. Um, So, I'll, I'll ask it, and then if you don't like it, you can tell me, I don't like that question, we can move on to the next one. Um, but the first question that we have is, what were some special treats from your childhood, either food, activities, places you visited, etc. cetera?
1: Wow. Fresh coconut at Christmas.
0: Oh, did you put it on something or just...
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, we put it in cake and mm-hmm. cookies, but we yeah. had to grate it and you got to, to grate your knuckles too, you know, as you're grating the coconut, you got a little, you know, knuckle in there. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe have well, Sarah yeah. <laughs> Can we move the microphone to Sarah
2: Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me all right?
0: Yeah, just lean in a little bit.
2: So, um, perfect. We used to, we used to love to go to the lake. And uh, when I lived in um, Michigan as a little kid, and then when we moved to Indiana, and uh, my dad used to, um, and he loved to swim and loved to go to the water, <clears throat> and um, so we did that every single summer. We usually would meet up with some of my cousins, on my mother's side and uh, the Burns family, and we would go and uh, we'd usually stay a week or one one year. We stayed a month and uh, took my dog and took the sheep, took Carla along, and uh, so we would uh, we would swim. But I used to fish. I used to love to fish. And uh, I would go uh, when I was eight. Uh, when I was seven, I actually saved the kid's life. And uh, so I was uh, pretty responsible around the water. I could swim well and, and, you know. My mom used to let me go out in the boat when I was eight years old in a rowboat. She'd pack a lunch for me. And I'd take my rod and, and uh, reel some worms, and I'd I'd take off in the morning, and uh, I might stay all day long. I'd go leave at eight, and I'd come home at four or five o'clock and half. And all day I'd just be around the lake by myself fishing, and doing other things. I'd dive. I saw something, a turtle. I'd dive in and get it. That was my favorite thing. We did that every year. Every summer, we'd go to the water somehow, and um, that was my favorite thing.
0: Oh, I love that! <laughs> it's fun to picture an eight-year-old sir in a little boat all by himself in the middle of the lake.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it was. <laughs> I wasn't very big, you know, and I just get right in that boat and just. Roll and go. So
1: <laughs> oh, okay. that was fun. So um, when I was six, I had, I had twin cousins. They were distant cousins. We called, we called the parents aunt and uncle, but they weren't. They were my parents, probably best friends.
0: And Sweet mama, we may have you scoot in a little. Huh? There you go.
1: They had, they had twin, um, twin boys that were AC's age. And their names were Calvin and Alvin. And they lived in Mobile. So, G uh, and Pop and I and Kate went down to Mobile Bay. And that's where I learned how to swim when I was six. Calvin and Alvin threw me back and forth in the water in Mobile Bay. And you had to sink or swim. And it didn't take very long for me to learn how to swim. And it was kind of easy because they looked just like so. And I didn't know if I was coming to go. <laughs> Oh, that's a great story.
0: (laughs) We'll never forget Calvin and Alvin. (laughs) (laughs) So this one, you may both be able to answer, uh, but we're curious to know what were some people, phrases or things that were popular when you were children? Maybe things people said, maybe candies you ate, toys that you played with.
1: Mm, again, for me, um, <laughs> it was the music. Uh, there was one song, particularly, when we would walk home from the movie theater, there was this house at, on Maple Avenue that was always kind of dark and kind of scary looking, and I never knew you really lived there, and I knew everybody was That house always bothered me, and there was a song then that Lillian and A.C. and all of them sang and danced to, and it was called The House, The House of Blue Lights. Wait,
0: sweet. Lean Every in. time I went by, I would say. <laughs> Wait, sweet mama, lean in a little bit and sing that one more time.
1: The House, the house of Blue Lights. Oh, that's great. I bet you can find it on, on YouTube. The House of Blue Lights.
0: The House Lights, we're going to look that one up. Sir, do you have anything you remember? Yeah, we had,
2: uh, you know, when we were young queens and so forth, we we didn't have television to speak of. So one of the things that was popular, as long as I can remember, was comic books. And, And I used to have... You know, I collected them, but, you know, I had friends, uh, Dinky had a friend, Noel, That I don't know how many he had. He he collected every Mad Magazine that ever came out (laughs) with Alfred E. Newman. And uh, so uh, comic books and swapping comic books, something that uh, was very, very popular at that time. All, All the kids. Had funny, funny books. And um, we, uh, another thing we used to do, play a lot that I, I just thought of as marbles. We were, yeah, but I'm gonna tell you about telling about marbles. Uh, so, so you know, you, Were you good at <laughs> <it> marbles? <now? laughs> no, I'm <not> very good. <laughs> I lost a lot more than I've won. But, you, you know, you get down on the ground and you shoot these things and try to knock the other guy out of the, out of the ring. And uh, we all had a bag of marbles in, uh, in Indiana. Uh, so that was something else that I remember as a kid, unusual kind of thing. Yeah, I, I
1: remember marbles. I'm remembering how mo- mumbly really
0: Wait, sweet mama, lean in a little bit. There you go, perfect.
1: Yeah, we played a game called Mumbly Pig. And Mumbly Peg is a knife-throwing game. And you play it with either a, like a butcher knife or a, a switchblade type thing. And you throw the knife and it sticks up in the ground and you have to put your foot where that one is. And then you throw it the other way until you finally throw it far enough out that the person falls over. And <laughs> that's called Mumbly Pig. So we would play it by the hour. Oh my gosh. It's a wonder you have all of your jumping off the garage. You know, you, you climb up. I think Erin actually has jumped off of Dee's garage a few times. Yeah, that used to be the big challenge, you know, you <laughs> on the back of the garage and jump off. Or play Annie over with a with a tennis ball across the garage and you say Annie and somebody would yell over and you throw the ball and they would catch it on the other side and then you had the tag coming around the house. instead <laughs> of... <laughs> oh, that's
0: so fun. We, I think some of those games need to come back in 2021. We need to play, start playing n- mumbly knife next time. <laughs> next time we, to house. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we opened the, uh, the questions. Let's see. We opened the floor up to everyone and we had a couple of questions roll in and I, I liked Ann Aaron's Ann Aaron asked, I think for Sarah to tell us about his first bike. Is that right, Ann Aaron?
2: I, wa- I wanted to say, uh, Gracie, I like your hair today. <laughs> so long.
0: Boy. Uh, both, Maddie. Okay, for both of you. So if, if you don't mind, sweet mama and sir, whoever wants to go first to tell us about your first bike.
2: Well... Okay. I had, uh, my parents actually. So I don't know if you've ever ridden a bike on a gravel road, mm. but it's, uh, it's a little rough. And I kind of whined for a bike for a long time. And, it, and my parents, you know, bikes, they were an expensive toy. And, um, so I got, a, I got a gray bike, a brand new gray bike. Oh, wow. And you know, the, the, the part between your seat and the bar is usually just a single bar. But this had a gray container, which had a horn, and a little, you push the button, and it went up. And, go, <laughs> and uh, so it, well, it wasn't a dramatic old. But, uh, and so I used to get on that bike, and, and I had, uh, we lived two miles from town on the gravel road. So you, even to get to a concrete surface to ride on, you had to ride on gravel two miles. And, of course, gravel doesn't just lay nice level across the road. It forms two furrows,
1: you know, mm-hmm. with
2: a thing in the middle, and so trying to keep your bike in the right furrow and avoid the stones and all—it was a Herculean chore. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it because I could uh, get away from home, mm-hmm. and uh, I even considered uh, getting a, a, a paper route. Until I realized I had to ride two miles on my bike before I could start delivering papers, that was a big deterrent for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a good—it was a good bike. I uh, racked it up pretty well. But uh, my buddy Rudy Waltz had one. Tommy Vogel had bikes. And,
0: so what you're uh, saying is that you were a part of a bicycle gang.
2: <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I, I suppose you could say that,
1: Madeline.
0: <laughs> I had no idea. Little Dickie, what a rebel.
1: <laughs> well, my story is a little bit different from that. In fact, quite different from that. I um, was, I think, uh, it was that my 10th Christmas. I had, Again, I don't remember numbers or dates. Um, but Mr. Bishop Van Tan had a service station. He had a couple twin bicycles.
0: Wait, no, go ahead and lean in. Just there you go.
1: that sat out uh, at the service station for a while, and I had admired this one loose Schwinn with a, a white, twenty light on the front, beautiful bike. Uh, but there was no, you know, there's no I want that or I wish I had it because it was out of the question that I ever would. So Christmas morning, I'm lying in bed in the back bedroom, and I hear Uncle Fat. Ooh, you won't believe what santa brought me and you believe what he brought me my brother is yelling about what santa brought him for christmas and he comes riding through the house past the bathroom in the hallway and comes into the bedroom and he's sitting on that beach twin bike and um get me uh that had a paper wrap and if um, I was nine, that was 18, and uh, he was my son Brought dropped that Schwinn bike, and that bike was my very best friend until mm-hmm. I was at college. I would get on that thing, and I'd drive the boiling back down Memorial Highway. It was you know, three miles, and I would just two, just the wind in my hair under the oak trees, on that blue Schwinn bike and I was in heaven, heaven. Mm-hmm. So he could find me all over town on that bike um, oh. and it was my brother.
0: Oh, that's so dear. He probably saved up for months for that little bike, huh?
1: Yeah, and he did without something he wanted, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you both for, uh... oh, s- sorry. Miss Lindsay asked if we could retell the beginning of that story. How far into it?
1: Okay, we'll have to go back. I think you can. Uh, oh, oh my, it, was you? A, it was. It the, was the bike was at a service station, and yeah, right in Cleveland, and I had just passed it. You know, and for weeks and weeks that bike had been sitting out there. So, Looking Santa so- brought. It. Yeah. <laughs> So I think we're kind of at the end of the hour. Do you have anything else, Maddie? Thanks.
0: This one's brief. I think it it probably would be brief, but uh, Miss Lindsay had this question as well. What was the first thing that you ever sewed, Sweet Mama?
1: First thing I ever sewed? Yes. Uh, I was in 4-H when I was in um, the sixth grade, and I made a skirt, a yellow mm. skirt, and I had to put a, a waistband on it, and I had to put a zipper in it. And I have to say, it was late at night, and um, I wasn't doing real well with that. So my mother kind of helped me finish it up a little bit. But I did get a blue ribbon. Pretty impressive. I did. I did. And I claimed it. I claimed that ribbon. (laughs) You go, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So it has been wonderful traveling down memory lane with all of you today. We appreciate you coming. Uh, the uh, the hour has been a lot, so and I again and particularly that you would take time from your busy week and busy day to be with us here on the street. And serve.